0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the first week of free agency. Joey, the big moves for the Chiefs so far, signing Justin Reed to a three-year, $31.5 million deal that includes $20 million guaranteed, and almost guaranteeing that Tyron Matthew won't pay back. And then uh, Charveris Ward signing a three-year deal worth up to $42 million with the 49ers. Joe, thoughts on... Uh, on the chiefs moves or chiefs players being signed so far or anything else
1: thus far yeah. yeah i mean god jeff it's it's uh you know the well number one they continue to want to shore up the offensive line <laughs> that that hasn't stopped right and i think you know i keep hearing you know rumors about uh you know obviously maybe looking at the cowboys right tackle um you know who who they just released he's he's kind I of know, a stud Collins. yeah um yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I mean, obviously with, with, with signing Andrew Wiley, I think that was a good move, right? He, he didn't, I don't think he lost them any games, you know. I don't think it was something that, you know, having Andrew around, he, I think he proved himself as a player that can, that can play and compete, maybe with a whole nother offseason and, and another season under his belt. Maybe he can come back and really earn that right tackle spot. If you know he can beat out Lucas Niang, so I don't know. I, I'm 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 on the fence on that one. I know the Chiefs want to continue to shore up the offensive line. Um, you know, right now, obviously going to be some holes at receiver with Pringle gone. Um, you know, we know that it's only a matter of time now that you know uh, Tyran's going to be going to be gone. You know, we kind of we kind of know that's going to happen. Um, you know, losing Austin Blythe, I don't think that's a. I mean. It, 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 it takes away a little bit of depth, but I think, you know, obviously with Nick Allegretti and some of the other, you know, the other players they have, I, th- I think they're going to be fine, uh, depending on what happens with Kyle long. So I think it's uh yeah, I think it's, I think it's really exciting. Justin Reed is huge. Right. And that, that signals everything, right. That just tells, that just tells the fans that Tyron Matthew is not going to be a Kansas city chief, in my opinion. I mean, who knows? You never know. Um, the Frank and, and Clark
0: really does. cement. Yeah. I mean, like he even, so Justin Reed on, on Thursday had his uh, opening press conference uh, for signing with the chiefs. And they even like, they were asked, he was asked directly about him and he, and he even, cause they played together uh, with him yeah. and he said, you know, whoever gets Reed is going to be, excuse me. He said, whoever gets Matthew Robert. is going to be really yeah. I mean, they treated this as, you know, we all presumed it, but the press conference really, I think, uh, you know, cemented that
1: deal. Cemented it. Yeah. And that's huge. That's our, I think that's our biggest, that's the biggest thing I think we've done, you know, so far. I mean, some of these other things are, you know, I mean, look, losing Trevarius Ward, you know, that's, that's a big loss, probably our, our biggest loss so far. I think uh, Pringle, eh, I put those two maybe neck and neck. Um, but I think, I think, you know, as we know, part of our, part of our issue, you know, has been you know the defensive backfield I mean that's it's kind of like it was I think the defensive backfield was a little bit like our our offensive line mm-hmm. you know two years yeah. ago in, in in where we needed to fill some holes so I, th- I think losing Charberius was was rough obviously you know picking up uh, Reed is gonna Justin Reed's gonna be the Terrence Matthew fill in I mean I, I got I think the Frank Clark thing I think reworking that contract was a good move I think I think I think Steve Spagnola, Knows what he can get out of um, Frank Clark. I I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, my, the verdict's not out for me on Frank yet, like about what his contributions were. I think he was really sporadic last year. And I think he's one of those players that turns it on when he wants to turn it on. But he doesn't seem to have that to me. And to me, it, no, I,
0: I'm totally with you. But I do like that because, like, a, a restructured, like, Frank Clark, what he was making, he was one of the highest paid defensive ends yeah. uh, in the league, but with his restructured contract, like he's still, he's still going to be better probably than than what you can replace him with just out in the market or a guy that you draft to make that big an impact. So if you, they're, they're getting him now at a better price. I like that. And they'll, they'll still yeah. bring in, bring, bring in more uh, defensive line help. Cause you know, even with Frank Clark, that was an issue even with him. So I, I think you, you, if you don't resign them, you know, who, who are you going to, what, what edge rushers, you know, is it, is it Darius Smith? Like he he's available now, but like, you know, he's got a back issue. I, I just don't think there was a better guy out there than Frank Clark. So.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think locking up Darrell Williams was good. I, I I think that was smart. You know um, I think it it, it, it gives a signal that they're probably going to continue the running back by committee, you know um, with him and Clyde. And, and I think it's uh I think that's a a signal there. I think they're going to, they're going to what they're going to tender Derek Gore. Um, so I I think it's, it's, it sounds as if Andy and Eric and, and Brett Beach are thinking, all right, it sounds like it's going to be another running back by committee year. I don't know, you know, whether, who they're going to go out and get, if there's somebody out there that I'm thinking about, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if there's a is there a diamond in the rough out there but you know could there be somebody you know like a Kareem Hunt towards the end of his career that could they could get some beefy carries out of you know a little bit more smash mouth I think I mean is is that the one out
0: there you know letter like that um so we'll see Joe I actually really like the Justin Reed signing. now he's not he's not going to be a He's not Tyron Matthew. I mean, Tyron Matthew, he, he won the Derek Thomas award, Joe, and you actually probably can talk a little bit about that award, what it means that it's, it's voted on by the players and coaches as, as the best player. Uh, I don't know when they, if they, did they institute that obviously after his passing? Um, I, I don't know if there was something like that during your time where they voted on a, a best player for the team.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had, uh, you know, they had the Mackley Hill award, right. um, you know, they had, um, you know, they, and they had, and they would have like basically, you know, an MVP award, you know, that, that was voted on by the players. And it was usually given out either at, you know, the football one-on-one banquet, or it was uh, something that we would do internally. But yeah, I mean, those things, when you get voted on by your peers, your teammates and the coaches, they're the ones that see you every day. I mean, some of this pro bowl stuff has gotten a little crazy, right. you yeah. know, with the fans and the tweets and the retweets and like, you yeah. know, and, and then, and then of course you've, you know, you've got the sports writer element sometimes the factors into some of these all pro sort of decisions. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think to me any award, any award voting that comes on, from your peers and your coaches and the players that, that work with you every day, they've got a really good insight to how valuable you are to a team. And, and, and I, like you, like you said, I, I think it's, he's leaving, it's going to leave a big hole and it's, and it look, and it's more than just what he brings physically out there. Right. I mean, he, he brought a leadership element to this team that I think is uh, you know, I look back to some players like that, that I, you know, I played with that were inspirational and motivational And they led by example. I mean, you you think about players, um, you know, well, like him, like in the backfield, you think about guys like Albert Lewis, um, who, who, you know, Kevin Ross, just Mm -hmm. guys that you just, you looked at and they just, they brought their lunch pails every single day. And, you know, maybe not the most outspoken back then because we didn't have social media and whatnot mm-hmm. so maybe people didn't really get to know a guy like kevin ross as well as you get to know a to Ram matthew nowadays with social media and all the media outlets that are out there but you know we had players like that that brought you know yeah were they all pro type players yeah but they just brought an element of leadership that you um, jeff you can't put a price tag on that man you just can't it, it, it's, it impossible. it's impossible Talk about that say,
0: some safety limit lineage. You know, even though the Chiefs had some lean years before you got there, Joe. You know, Daron Cherry. They have Eric Berry as a safety. They have Lloyd Burris as a safety, and of course, Tyron Matthew is uh, falls into that category. And yeah, that that Derek Thomas award, which goes, which is it voted on by the players. And the coaches he won that twice in his three years, and this is on the team that has Patrick Mahomes, maybe yeah, the best yeah. Player in the <laughs> right. So, right, Justin Reed is not going to be as good, he's not gonna, he's not Tyron Matthew. But, like the Chiefs, you know, when you have as many stars as they, uh, there's a, there's only so much money to go around, and he's a guy, he's a good player, but he's basically five years younger than Matthew, um, or he will be this season, he'll be five years younger. He, he, he's basically getting like a 10, 10 million a year. Whereas Math Matthew, when he signed three years ago, got 14 million. I'm sure that's going to go up. So you know, say Matthew is like six, you're talking like six million different a year for a guy who's younger. He's not as good, but I think it makes sense. It he's you've got to you know somewhere um, save a little bit of money so you can pay Kelsey and Hill and of course Mahomes and Chris Jones and Orlando Brown and all those guys. So I, I like the move. He's he's a good player and and some interesting. Uh, trivia on him so his rookie year uh, with the texans he actually played in the. he started next to matthew so reed can play both kind of positions free and safe free and strong and his brother is pretty famous too eric reed who's a pretty good player for the 49ers he's most well known for he actually kneeled with kaepernick and he was one of the guys who who sued the nfl and and got money back in the in the settlement with the nfl so it's interesting stuff
1: there yeah great lineage and and I think you know just the fact that he's rubbed elbows with with Tyran I think that brings a lot to the table and you know I'm sure here we go with that term again buzzword bingo uh, you know the, the championship DNA you know that would that would have rubbed off on on a guy like that and you know look you come into an organization like this. You're you're going to get the support from the fans. You're going to get, obviously, the players that come here feel completely and utterly supported by the management and the coaching staff. It's a positive environment up and down from the ownership all the way to the fans and the people that support the team in all facets of the business it's a real positive environment. So he's going to, he's going to thrive here. I mean, look at the way most players do, you know, there's, there's not a lot of players that, that have a, you know, have a tough time here sort of thriving because you get that support up and down the whole organization.
0: Totally. Well, Joe, it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games bet online where the game starts bet online obviously is a great week to go over there, uh, to check that out with Joe. We love March Madness. I know you're, you're uh, pulling for your Vill- Villanova wildcats. They could make a run.
1: Yeah. I think they, you know, the, the, the big East, I mean, you know, had a little bit of a, I, I think it was a, maybe a, I don't want to call it a down year, but I th- I don't know if it was as strong as other years, but you know, Villanova competed really well outside of, of the big East, uh, and you know in their top 25 play and and were able to get that pretty high ranking you know before the before the March Madness brackets came out so yeah I think they've got I think they've got a good shot at any Wright team is going to is well coached and is going to do is going to do the right thing so yeah so the, interesting there you know following the Ivy League obviously Yale getting in and winning the Ivy League tournament uh you know got a got a decent seed I think they get a 14 seed so that's not not too bad for the Ivies I mean if I've seen the I've seen the Ivies go up as high as, uh, you know, I've seen them in the 11s. I mean, back in uh, 1994, you know, my, my, my favorite story of Neil Smith and March Madness was when Nebraska was playing Penn and, uh, you know, Neil, we were in the weight room and he, he said, hey, Joe, I heard that we're playing each other in the tournament. And I said, yeah, you want to put a little money on? And he came back in and I knew, I knew Penn was going to win that game. I really did because they had two, two NBA players on that team, Matt Maloney, who had a great career in the NBA. And, and, uh, uh, Jerome Allen, who, who was the last, uh, player drafted up till, you know, a couple years ago, actually drafted in the NBA, he got drafted in the second round. And, um, I knew they were going to win that game. Like I just knew it. I'd watched them play. I'd followed them and they did. And they beat Nebraska. And, you know, Neil comes, he throws the 50 bucks down on the table that we had bet on the game. And he's like, Hey Joe, by the way, what the heck's a Quaker? And I was like, what do you mean? Neil? He goes, I thought you went to Penn state. <laughs> so he was like, he thought we he thought Nebraska was playing Penn state. I'm like, yeah, we've been teammates for three years. He goes, yeah, but I know. He goes, but I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, the, the mascot for Penn was a Quaker. He's like, like the guy on the Quaker O-Box. I'm like, yeah, Neil, the guy on the Quaker Oat box So uh, we, we all, I always think about that whenever March Vandis comes around and joking around with Neil about that Nebraska Penn game. But, you know, I think it's going to be a good tournament. We've already, we've already had a couple of good upsets. Right, uh, a couple of big upsets. Joe, yeah, my, so.
0: my, 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 uh, march madness nfl story uh and i've worked for uh, a, several nfl teams so this way i'm not incriminating anybody but obviously especially back then you know gambling was such a no-no with, with the nfl that one of the, the one of the teams i was with they had a a, a raffle around march and you would go to this room there's like an empty room and if you wanted to participate in this raffle well, obviously it was the, the, the bracket to fill out for March Madness, but they were being very smart and very savvy to, to avoid any kind of, you know, yeah. uh, to getting in trouble. But there was a team pool with, with the personnel. But, I, Joe, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Neil Smith because, boy, the the AFC West has some great pass rushes, bookends there with Neil Smith and Derek Thomas. Joe, it's like that in the AFC West. Again, we, we talked last week about the quarterbacks in the AFC West, but now with the free agent moves, the, I mean, look, look at the, the other teams. They, um, you have Chandler Jones to the Raiders. He so he, he now, mm-hmm. now is with Max Crosby, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb with the Broncos and perhaps the most intriguing one, Joey Bosa um, with, who was already with the chargers, Cleo Mack traded to the chargers to bookend with him. Then chargers also got JC Jackson Joe, your take on on the wild AFC West here?
1: Well, maybe maybe that's why um, you know maybe Brett Beach is leaking that stuff out about Lale Collins from the Cowboys, maybe, <laughs> and you know, why they wanted to why they wanted to lock Andrew Wiley up and really solidify the line because you know Jeff, anytime you can bookend like that, I love that term that you used. It it, it changes the game, you know, it, because. We've talked about this before, right? Whenever we've analyzed, you know, kind of slide pass protections and and different types of pass protections out there, you know, when you've got two players to have to contend with, it changes everything because you can't just, you know, it's like I always tell that story about when we played the Eagles and, you know, Howard Mudd, you know, told uh, John Alt, you know, listen, you know who Clyde Simmons is? Yeah, coach. Well, you got him one-on-one the whole game. Because we're sliding all the protection to Reggie White, right? Like so, you, you know, so you you better have a pretty darn good left tackle if you're going to single up on Clyde Simmons, so you can push your protection to Reggie White. It's no different when you look at what these teams are building on the defensive line, right? It's like it's like having a Frank Clark and a Chris Jones, right? And 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 when you get a Jaron Reed who can get the push up the middle along with Chris Jones, like you don't know where to protect at that point. And and I'm telling you that is that is huge. I, I think we're going to see the AFC West just keeps locking up people and getting better and better. I I'm telling you, Jeff, I, and I am not just being a Homer because of the chiefs and what we do with the team. I, I really think the AFC West is, is going to be fantastic next year. And I was, uh, you know, I was, I was at work this week and, and doing some travel. And I was hanging out with some folks from Denver and uh, I got into a little bit of a, sort of a little bit of a debate with, with one of my colleagues from Denver. And he actually wasn't really excited about the Russell Wilson thing. And I was like, man, that's, I I didn't get it because I, I, I think it just makes them so much more uh, multi-dimensional yeah not nah, granted I know they don't have Noah Fant now and they've got a, that hole to fill it tight end but he's still got some offensive weapons to throw to and I think Russell Wilson still got some I think he's got I, a lot I, of air left in the tires I really do I
0: really do too Joe you know last year he was talking like early, probably midway through the season um and when I mean last year I mean 2020 kind of the, the real COVID year um he, he was like a probably the leading MVP candidate. And he, he, he fell off a little bit down the stretch, but you know, the Seahawks were still good. And, and then this, this year, he hurt his thumb. I think he rushed back. He came back way earlier than projected. And I think he wasn't right. Joe, I think they're really scary. And I'm, you know, last week before all this happened, we still thought that the, the chiefs were the best team in the AFC West. We have to see all this, how all this shakes out. Joe, I, I, I'm nervous. Like I, uh, I I don't know. The Chargers have to figure out. They have to, this this sounds so, so silly to say this. It sounds so obvious, but they have to figure out how to win games. They just need a winning culture. They lose games. They should win. JC Jackson, Cleo Mack, Bosa, Herbert. That, that is a skip. Joe, how are you feeling about the AFC West? What's your
1: take now? I, I, like I said, Jeff, I think it's the best. I think it's the best hands down division top to bottom in in the in the NFL no doubt yeah, I, when you, I should
0: rephrase that maybe the chiefs are you still chiefs the still top perch for you i i
1: i, I m- not by much tenuous no, that's, like, that's kind of what i think it's very tenuous they're walking a tightrope right now and i think a lot of this is, is this is going to put a lot of extra added pressure on what andy and brett beach can do this offseason to fill in some major gaps you know and and it's early it's still early and look at all the news that's happening uh we still got time we still got the draft we still got like you know you said there's some still some big free agents out there at the running back level um running back position and and i think uh it, it's going to get it's going to get it's going to get even more wild. I mean, you know, we, you, we, you and I were tweeting out obviously, uh, you know, I'm calling it the wild West, right? No, yeah. an, another captain obvious statement, right? Using Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> using an old cliche, you know, the, it's the wild, wild West, man. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fun for football fans, whether you're a fan of the AFC or the chiefs or the Broncos, the Raiders, which are like, you don't even have to be a fan. You could live on the East coast or, you know, where, wherever the AFC West teams don't live and you're going to want to watch that division and how it unfolds. I, I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of drama, good drama, you know, not the kind of Aaron Rodgers drama, you know, <laughs> with, the, with like, am I going to sign? Am I not going to sign? You know, not that kind of drama. I'm talking real football drama, like parody drama.
0: Joe who, you know, put, put on your uh, offensive lineman, Helmet again, and I, I'm curious out of all these good pass rushers uh, now in the AFC West, and we can throw Chris Jones in there and Frank Clark too for the Chiefs. These guys, Crosby, oh. Bosa, Mac. Who would be the guy out of all these that would scare you the most that you would have to block out of all these pass uh, rushers?
1: I'd have to say right now the combination of Bosa and Mac uh-huh. to me is the one that I would look at um, that gets that makes me that makes me the most scared. Um, you know, look, I but then again, you know, I think the signing of Gregory was that was well, that number one talk about drama, right? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I spoke to maybe right, I spoke right, too right. soon and said there isn't drama in the AFC West. That's drama to, to me. That, you know, that really, really, really solidifies what they're doing up front. And, and I think he's he's a beast. I mean, he is he is a handful, but I'd have to say the combination of speed of the speed and agility of Bosa mixed with the power of a Khalil Mack and, and his ability to, to, to deflate the pocket, so to speak, and collapse the pocket. Um, I think to me, that's right now the scariest combination besides what when when Chris Jones and, and Frank Clark are really rolling. Um, I think that's probably the one that's next scary to that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be on the other end of, of the Chris Jones, Frank Clark duo either. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I think that's, you know, that is that they're a force to be reckoned with. And and we see that they can, they can change games when those two really get rolling. So I'd have to rank at the chiefs probably then I'd say, I'd say the chargers after that. And then I'd probably go, I'd probably, i probably go with the Broncos and then the Raiders. I, I, I like Max Crosby. I, I, you know, and were, I
0: think he, because you were Joe interesting. you were on Max Crosby early. You were when he was a rookie, you know, yeah. before he was so here, before he had this massive deal, before he was a Pro Bowler, you were the one you're like, this guy, like, you know, he's he's yeah. a baller. He's,
1: but for the Chiefs and the way that they, they play them well, yeah, he's never, yeah, like they just, yeah. they're doing something with their protection against the Raiders that's not really, um, they don't really, whether they've been focusing on him now, when you, when you add other guys into the mix that are, you know, are really, really, really good rushers. Maybe that maybe this is what Max Crosby needs to have that breakout moment where he becomes like the next Howie Long, you know, because sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, look, I don't want to take anything away from Derek Thomas. The guy was literally the best pass rusher of the 90s. Like there is no doubt in anybody's mind. The guy was the best pass rusher of the 90s. But, you know, he had he had a lot of support, you know, and he had Neil Smith on the other side, you know, and when you could single Derek up because you put you put uh, Neil Smith into a certain position or, you know, you get that push in the middle of a pocket from a Dan Salamua or a Joe Phillips like that does a lot for a guy like Derek Thomas, you know, who 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 who, um, you know, it just it just it just it just adds that extra dimension. So listen, not taking anything away from Derek. I went against him every day for 6 years and it was a nightmare. Like even in practice going against him was an absolute used to I used to keep me up at night wondering what he was going to do to us at practice because the guy practiced like he played. I mean, he never he never took a play off. But but again, not taking anything away from it, he had he had a really nice supporting cast. And I think maybe that's you know that could be what Max exactly what Max Crosby needs, because you know you're not going to be able to just push all the protection to Max Crosby the way the Chiefs do, right? When, you know, when they were chipping him and you know Andrew Wiley and you know they played against each other, so he knew him a little bit. You know, you add another guy in the mix there, it changes everything.
0: Totally, and you know, uh, speed of Michael Crosby, excuse me, speed of Max Crosby, and how well. Chiefs did against him. Part of it, Andrew Wiley did really well against him. They both went to uh, Eastern Michigan teammates there, so maybe he knew something about him, and of course, um, the Chiefs re-signed, re-signed him. Another guy that kind of uh, under the radar signing that I wanted to mention too, not many people are talking about, is uh, they also re-signed Michael Burton, who I liked. It was just a one-year yeah. deal. Joe, he was so good on short yardage i think he converted something like eight first downs you know yeah and i think pretty much all of them so that i like that move the move i'd still like to see them do there's still a lot of wide receivers out there even with alan robinson who i i thought the chiefs might go after uh he would be, have been a nice big bodied target which i could they could use but there's still guys like juju smith schuster mm-hmm. uh the guy i like out there while well, he's not the biggest target is Jarvis Landry. I just, I love his hands. He's a possession receiver. And I, I sometimes that's a negative, but I think for the, it, I, I don't mean it that way, that he's just got good hands. He's not, he's not gonna, he's not, his, his yards uh, per catch are usually, you know, not, not huge, but he's just a sure-handed target. And with the teams taking away the deep targets against the Chiefs, um, I think he'd be so good. You have stretch in the field deep you have him just taking those shallow passes, Joe. I, I I would love him on the Chiefs.
1: I I think he's a perfect complement to what they do with with uh, with Tyreek and and with Travis. Like I think that is he is he would like you said he would fit perfectly. And look, you know, do they they don't I don't the Chiefs their offense isn't set up for those yards after catch. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not. They're not. I don't think that's a that's a real big piece of their offense. I mean, yeah. Is it nice when, when a guy breaks tackle and gets another 10, 12 yards, of course it is. Nobody, nobody's going to deny the, the yak we'll call it right. The yards after catch, but I think their methodical way of picking apart defenses in the, in what I would call the short to intermediate game um, is, is, is definitely what, where he would add that, that compliment, right. Where you got Travis, like I call it like posting up, right. Mm Travis is, he's like posting up and he's kind of, he said, Travis separates the field in two, you know, when he runs his, 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 you know, what we would call like a Hank route, like over the quarterback and, and he's running those seams and getting that big body out there. I mean, he kind of splits, he splits the field into two and then you got Tyreek running, you know, like you said, stretching vertically, stretching horizontally you know he's crossing the field if you can get a guy like Jarvis Landry who can you know catch the ball and hold on to it in traffic that's where they're going to be able to pick teams apart in the middle of the field um i would i would love i would love that i, I think that would, that would that would be a that would be a, a great pick i mean you know you know you start thinking about like what the um the patriots always had somebody kind of like that right Amandola Right. You know, they always had Belker, somebody. Edelman,
0: Belker, yeah.
1: Edelman. They always had somebody who look, were they gonna be, you know, if, if old, here's some old football fans, remember this name, Ronaldo Nehemiah, right? Oh, From who was yeah. the who was the sprinter, track right? Star. Who yeah. who came out of track track star and then you know join, joined join the 49ers, like he ran like at that time before it was even like in vogue to run a four three, four, two, five forty or whatever. Like the Patriots never, you know, when at Brady's height with the Patriots, they never really had anybody like that. It was where they won their games was in the middle of the field, you know, and and I think that's what I think that's the compliment that that brings. I when I think about, um, you know, when I think about, you know, short yardage, you know, it always and Michael Burton, I it just made me think, God, you know, of course, I'm still beating myself up, you know, about that game and why they just didn't run him down there. Yeah you know, and, and if they just would have had maybe more timeouts or something, and they could have just pounded him in, in that game, um, you know, that would have been, that would have been, you know, something, maybe, maybe that's why they want to keep him around. You know, let's, let's see if we can get, let's not, let's not get fancy anymore around the two yard line. Let's just get Michael Burton in there behind that big offensive line, and just pound it in. Totally.
0: Well, it's been an exciting week with free agency moves and if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.